if I can get a server to spend more time in their station or their section, right? Um, can I provide better service? Well, I like to think that we can. And well, how do I keep them in their station? Well, right now they're being asked to go run food nonstop. But we're trying to say, forget going in the back. Right? I don't need you to go to the kitchen anymore. I just need that robot to do that work. Welcome to From Paint to Purpose. Today we're talking to Jim Livingston, VP of Sales for Bear Robotics. We talk about how robots are helping improve the guest experience, how they're helping both servers and restaurants make more money, and some common questions and objections people have before buying. Let's get started. Welcome everyone. Today we got Jim Livingston, VP of Sales for Bear Robotics. Jim, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. So, Jim, just uh, give us a little background. Um, what is Bear Robotics? What's the mission? What are you guys up to? Sure. So, uh, Bear Robotics uh, was started in 2017 by a gentleman who went to uh, uh, school at the University of Texas. He got himself a master's and PhD, and then he went on to work for Google. And while I was at Google, he actually said that he loved to eat and drink uh, out a lot. So, he said, why don't I buy a restaurant? And he did. And he bought it in Northern California. And when doing so, he learned two things. One is the restaurant business is pretty tough. And number two, he learned that the front of the house folks work really, really hard and don't make a whole lot of money. The idea of the robot was born of how can I help them potentially make more money, but allow them to work not as hard in such a demanding job. That's kind of how the robot started. Um, been doing it since 2017. COVID kind of slowed us down just a little. Um, had a lot of success initially in Asia and just started this past year really focusing on sales in the United States. And that's where we stand today. Nice. So yeah, talk a little bit about this robot. What What is the offering? What's the product? And is it one? Is it multiple? Um, give it, fill us in. Yeah, sure. So uh, the robot is designed, it was designed originally as a food running robot. So um, people always want to do drinks on it. And those are coming. Not that we can't do drinks. It's just we're probably not going to take a martini from one side of the room to the other. But we can take cans of Coke and bottles of water and things like that. But in general, we look at our robot as a food running and or a busing robot. So it does one of those two things. Uh, obviously, the goal of it is to is designed so that from the expo in the kitchen, wherever that kitchen might be, I simply send it to a table. Uh, when the robot gets there, <clears throat> the server typically meets it, and then he or she hands out the food to the customer at that time. When they do that, the robot is actually smart enough that it has sensors built into the trays. It recognizes that the food's been removed, and it will report back to where it came from, in this case, the expo, all by itself. Nobody has to touch a thing. So we want servers, obviously, to meet the food, but in some cases, there are uh, customers out there that would like to have contactless service. So that means you it goes to the table, it says, hey, please take your food. Customer grabs their own food, and then it kind of goes back to the expo to do it all over again. Um, that's our food running application. On the busing side, we actually can set the robot so it leaves the dish area. We load it with bus tubs, basically the same bus tubs that a normal busing person would use to clean a table in a restaurant. We make it cruise around the restaurant at certain predetermined spots and it stops. For 10, 20, 30 seconds, it's all programmable. And then it makes its way around the entire restaurant and ends up back at the dish area where, of course, the dishwasher guy basically unloads it and puts new bins on and sends it right back out the door again. So those are the two primary functions. Um, the third one that most people don't realize that we do have, and uh, it's actually being used at Chili's as we speak, is a hostess mode. This thing will actually act as a hostess and take you to your table 
and give you a whole spiel when it gets there, whatever you predetermine that custom message to be. And then it says, you know, enjoy your food and then goes back to the front to do it all over again. So it can act as a hostess or concierge, if you will. Uh, it doesn't interact. It's just a one-way device, right? Hey, go to table 24, drop them off, say what you want to say, and then come back to the hostess stand to do it all over again. So that's kind of what the robot does. Okay. Interesting. So let's dig into just um, probably one of the main you know topics as far as when it comes to robotics is, yeah, you take out the human elements. Now people feel, how, how do you balance and how have some of your customers still provided exceptional customer experience and, and making people feel like a VIP that, you know, the type of way that they want to when they go out to eat um, versus just optimizing for efficiency? How does this um, robot support still that overall amazing guest experience? Sure. So I would tell you that that is the number one challenge that we have initially is the perception versus the reality of what we do. So the first thing I always tell people when we're trying to sell our product, we typically talk to C-level or owners of locations, whoever they may be. And when we originally start talking, the goal, of course, is, is that how do we provide better service and I'm understaffed and I need more help and all those kind of things. The challenge was, is that I always tell people, we started selling robots before COVID and we'll sell robots after COVID. Well, why is that? And the answer is, is that in most restaurants, if you think about it today, how many times do you go out to eat in your life in which you've had bad service or less than, less than great service? And a lot of times the answer to that question is pretty big. Mm -hmm. It's 70, 80% in some cases, depending on where you go. We think that we can change that across the board of, of the overall um, satisfaction that restaurants will achieve, uh, whether it's restaurant, hotel, it doesn't matter, but how are we going to do that? And the answer is not because a robot is taking your place. That is the absolute, not the reason. The number one reason is, is that we want servers to spend time being servers, right? Or or uh, guest, uh, guest champions, if you will, whatever you want to call them. If I can get a server to spend more time in their station or their section, right? Um, can I provide better service? Well, I like to think that we can. And well, how do I keep them in their station? Well, right now they're being asked to go run food nonstop, right? Take the order, run other people's food, run your own food, then come back four minutes after the meal's been delivered and say, hey folks, how was everything? yet your kid still needs ketchup because nobody delivered ketchup because you weren't here. And oh, by the way, I need another beer and you weren't there, right? So you missed opportunities along the way. Well, we're trying to say, forget going in the back, right? I don't need you to go to the kitchen anymore. I just need that robot to do that work. Well, that allows that server to not have to walk as much, not have to lift as much, but more importantly, it allows them to spend more time at the table offering better service, an extra beer, an extra wine, keeping your drinks full at all times, waters, teas, et cetera. Will that provide better tips overall? And the answer is 100%. We're actually seeing a 10 to 15% increase in tip increases or, or check averages, I should say, which obviously um, reside into tip increases. It's not because the robot served you. It's because the server served you and the robot was doing that back and forth stuff, keeping that server there. Mm -hmm. So in our world, the biggest thing is we try to explain to you that we're trying to amplify the human interaction, not take away from it. Nobody's taking a server away from the table. We are sending the robot to the table so that the server who meets it there can do all of that personable upfront work because you know why? Because they're in the front. 
And what most people don't realize is that when we do that and the server is able to spend more time in the front, we then turn around to the owner and say, do you think it's possible that they might be able to get an extra table or two during their busy shift because they're spending all their time in the front? And if the answer to that question is yes, and you can go from a four table station during your busiest night to a six table station, you have now increased their tips by 50% overnight. In addition to the extra 10% that they make just because they're in, the, uh, they're in the front providing better service. So at the end of the day, if we can get servers to make more money, not work as hard and provide the best possible service that we are not getting today for multiple reasons, we have, we have, we have actually changed the game in hospitality. So um, for those people who go, I don't want to go eat there because they're trying to replace people with robots, you just don't get it. It's the actual opposite. We are actually using the robot to allow your server to spend more time giving you that service that everybody, that everybody wants and craves when they go out to eat. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, it, and it sounds great on paper. What I'm curious about is when it actually comes to implementation. Um, I know sometimes, you know, restaurants, they love at least pre COVID I'd be at restaurants sometimes and they would have, it felt like I was sitting with some random couple right next to me because they're trying to squeeze as much room and tables, you know, they're trying to increase capacity as much as possible. Um, how is it with these robots maneuvering through a busy dining room area? Um, is there a certain type of restaurant that you think this works better at than others? Um, have you run into this challenge with uh, other, you know, with, with some of your customers? And just, I guess, what would you say to, to that topic? Sure. So one of the big misconceptions is somehow to think that we only work in very big, large restaurants because they're the ones that need that efficiency that you were talking about earlier. Um, the reality is we probably find majority of our customers are the small, um, what we call mom and pop or SMB, small, medium sized businesses. And those are the folks who have these 2,000, 2,500 square foot facilities that are really small. And our robot is only 17 inches wide. So its ability to kind of cruise through areas is pretty, pretty dramatic um, in, in the way that it operates. Uh, and so, yes, there might be times where they do try to cram a certain number of tables in there. But what we do is we just program that robot to go over near the table. In other words, it might be right in the middle of the, the actual uh, hallway, if you will. Um, just for a second, and then we just grab the food and walk four steps to our left and drop it off. That's how you get around those kind of things. But the reality is we do more small restaurants technically than we do big, even though we can do more. Uh, we can do both. Um, regarding the number of robots, that is honestly going to be based on volume and the number of food, uh, how much food's coming out of the kitchen at one given time. The robot has been very successful during COVID with the lack of people coming in and out of the restaurant on a regular basis. It's been a great to-go option too, by the way, taking mm -hmm. that food from the kitchen to the front hostess so that the hostess doesn't leave the front or the server's not asked to do it as well. Let that robot go back and forth, right? Um, so that's been a big, huge benefit as well. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, and let's let's talk a little bit about, I guess right now it's still a bit of a novelty. I mean, um, how, how it, is that something that you think uh, restaurant owners could leverage right now, just the the... The fact that they have a robot in there, and is that something that's going to only be, um, a, uh, I guess, a value add or a kind of a, an advantage for a certain period of time until this becomes more mainstream? Sure. And so, you know, we, we see that as well. Um, one, here's the cool part. It's the only time I've sold a product in my life 
in which I feel like we sell rock stars, right? So you sell a robot and then within a week, the local news is in there. And then all of a sudden they're on CNN and Fox News. Um, and all of a sudden my robot, I see it all over social media. And there's this, this, this press release that's been done with a camera and a full video crew and everybody else that you'd pay a lot of money to go do. And it's all for free for the local restaurant in their area. So at the moment, it's kind of like a little crazy when it comes to people's reaction, depending on, especially if you're the first one in the first city, wherever we put it in, it's always a big deal. But in general, that will calm down over time. And that's why we don't sell, I don't sell that as the buzz, right? The buzz is to provide that server the ability to spend more time with your guests, right? And at the end of the day, that is what matters. And because of which you have less, you might have a couple less servers, which we can't seem to find anyway, right? With the lack of staffing that we have today, you might have a one or two less servers, but the servers that you do have, have bigger stations, they're making more money and everything is, is, uh, is good for them. It's just, we don't, we don't promote that even though I tell you, whether you're five or 65, we always say people love the robot. They'll take in selfies with it. <laughs> uh, everybody names the robot when it goes in. So we always tell people when you get the robot, uh, you typically do a trial, right? It's typically a trial for a week, maybe it's two weeks. And you just want to make sure that it does what we say it's going to do. And then once it's in there, they start naming it. It's Tommy, it's Teddy, it's, you know, Robo, it's whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and it's kind of cool because when you name it, it becomes part of the family. And it's just like having a dog, right? You would not have a nameless dog. And so they kind of look at it like another person. And um, that also brings some kind of cool, like people will call us and go, can I, can you tell me how much Rita costs? And we're like, who's Rita? And they're like, <laughs> that's the robot we saw at Chili's. Oh, okay. And, and you're like, no, you mean Servi. And so it's, it's fun how that works. But yeah, the, the, uh, the way people react is really cool. Uh, but it won't last forever. And it has to have some teeth of the reasons why people use it to last long term. And we believe we do that as well. So what other applications besides restaurant um, serving could this possibly be um, used for? So at the moment, we classify uh, restaurants into multiple categories, right? So full service is one. And then there's fast casual. So the fast casual can work only if when we actually place the order, we know where you're sitting. So when you think about people that have kiosks when you walk in and you place an order through a self-service kiosk, you don't yet know where you're sitting. So you can't use a robot in that application. If you walk into a fast casual that you order from a counter, you don't know where you're sitting. But if you do happen to have the technology that allows you to go to the table and order from the table itself, we can use robots in fast casual. So full service and fast casual and fine dining, all applications for us in the restaurant space. We then do senior living. So independent senior living serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a full service restaurant type environment every single day, seven days a week. They have needs just for staff, just like other uh, restaurants do. So it's probably a good 35 to 40% of our business overall, believe it or not, is the senior living space. Uh, we can also, within senior living, there's different levels. So there's independent and then there's assisted senior living. Both of those are true uh, venues for us. We do hotels uh, in which we do the restaurant in the hotel, but we also in the hotel, most people don't realize that that robot can also act as almost like a, uh, think of it like a cocktail server. So if I'm gonna have a wedding or a meeting or a convention or something like that, and I want robots to carry snacks, drinks, things like that, and roam periodically throughout the facility uh, in a very, it doesn't have to be a big room, small room, it doesn't matter. 
where it will stop and people can go over and grab themselves a bottle of water mm. or they can stop and grab themselves a muffin. We call that patrol mode. So think of it like it's patrolling around whatever area it is and you predetermine what those spots are and what it looks like. And we do that for you. So we find hotels, convention centers and things like that a pretty good space as well. Uh, we do country clubs, again, another restaurant setting where you're a, a server trying to get food from the kitchen to the to the golfers who are just finished their round. And then we also do, um, we're starting to do universities now. So the university dining that actually has uh, people that are eating at a normal size restaurant that has servers, again, looking for a way to help the servers out um, and improve their efficiencies overall. And then last but not least, we say stadiums and arenas. Uh, we have the ability to communicate, like go from a certain spot to us to a suite. Uh, we can also do if you happen to have a restaurant built in there, we can actually do that kind of communication. But we've also simply just did that patrol mode where we've gone into places like the Houston Rockets Center. And there is a, a club there called the Heineken Star Club. And they have they obviously want to serve Heineken beer. So imagine the robot loaded up with ice bins, if you will, loaded with Heineken and popcorn. And it's cruising around this suite so people can kind of help themselves prior to a game. So, again, another cool way of using the robot. And those are pretty much not that we can't do other things, but at the moment, that's where we are today with regards to our target markets. Yeah, uh, super interesting. Um is there any concern about food safety, food security when there's not like a, a server that, you know, there's some human responsibility there to um, make sure that nothing, you know, the, the food isn't compromised? Uh, in the restaurant space, we're not seeing that. But in the uh, and in the in the convention center space, it's we're not seeing it either because kind of everybody sees it and everybody's supposed to take from it. So it's not that big a deal. The only time it becomes a challenge is in that in that uh, stadium slash arena place, for example, where we might have a situation where you say, I wanna to deliver to a suite. Well, if I'm delivering a bag of popcorn that in, in at least in the Dallas Cowboy Stadium costs $75, <laughs> deliver it from here to there, what's to stop somebody grabbing that bag of popcorn and taking off? And the answer is nothing. So we are working on robots that what we call secure the load meaning whatever's in it, it's secure, so that maybe when it gets to its environment, wherever it ends up, maybe you have a phone that you scan it and it opens up by itself. Maybe you enter a code in on an LCD screen. There are many different options of doing that we're working on at the moment. So that was that's how we're going to eventually get into the um, uh, the delivery of room service, for example, in a, in a hotel. So at the moment, we can't do room service for two reasons. One, the secured load that you just referred to, and the second one is we don't yet talk to the elevator. We are working on both of those. So pretty soon that robot will go to the elevator and say open. And then it'll get on and say, take me to floor three. It'll get off the elevator, turn up and go straight to room 350. Communicate somehow to the guest, whether it's a text message that I'm here or I'm coming, or it's a phone call to the room itself. There's many different things you could possibly do throughout the system. And then they open up the door, plug in their code, boom, it opens up and I have my food for the day, right? So that's coming, but not yet. And so that's how we will handle the secured load. But at the moment, the, the thing you mentioned earlier, we're not seeing that as a major problem getting to and from a kitchen, at least in a normal, the normal restaurants in which we currently deal with. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, Seems like robots and just technology and everything, it just continues to move faster and faster. Um, as a whole, from kind of a maybe a little bit more of a 30,000 foot view, um, where do you see 
robotics and has COVID really just created this um, incredible momentum around the idea of contactless tech? And I guess, can you just speak a little bit to the broader trends that you're seeing in hospitality space and how um, some of these businesses are implementing maybe other forms of technology? So I think prior to COVID, uh, and every restaurateur out there knows this, they've always had issues with staffing, right? It's always, I can't find anybody, I can't find the best people, so on and so forth. Now I think when COVID happened, I think the biggest challenge is, is whether or not they're coming back. In most of the people that I've spoken to in the senior level executive suite, and I go to conferences and trade shows all the time, uh, I asked them that question. I said, hey, going into December of last year, or the year before, I should say, what did you think was going to happen regarding staffing? And they said, well, initially I said to myself, we're probably going to be through this come the summertime. And then when the summertime came, they said, I'm, I'm about 100% sure we'll be done with this in last, basically the fourth quarter of last year. And they were wrong. And we, on the other hand, didn't think the same way. We heard, and I know a lot of people in the restaurant industry, I asked them, you know, are you going to go back to the restaurants? And I said, never again. And, and it's because... They went on to be in manufacturing or they went on into logistics. So they went into, you know, work for Amazon and they work for other people that are paying them a decent wage. And quite frankly, it's not as hard as the restaurant space is to work in. And so I think um, the biggest challenge for restaurateurs moving forward is they're going to need technology in order to survive in the way that they want to survive. The good news for them is, is that if they use technology the correct way, especially on the robotics side, they have the ability to take a normal 10% profit margin or less restaurant and turn it into a 20 to 30% profit margin restaurant, which quite frankly, for the restaurant side, would change the game of how they operate. Um, you know, there's not a restaurant on the planet. If, everybody, if everybody's restaurant was making 30% profit margin after all expenses paid, everybody and their brother would want to own a restaurant. That's not the case. People that know restaurants struggle to want to open a restaurant knowing how hard it is to make it. And I think that I don't see people coming back for a couple years. And that's where we believe we can change the game, at least in the front of the house, where when you come back to it, it's going to be better than you left it, right? In other mm -hmm. words, you're going to not work as hard and we're going to pay you a lot more than what you made before, yet the restaurateur can still survive and create himself a good business. But I think some of the back of the house trends are some robots. Uh, there are going to be some robots in the back of the house as well that you're going to see. Um, we've also seen technology, and I kind of mentioned it a little earlier, where there are some people because of COVID, I, again, I don't know how long it's going to last, but if I had to guess, I would say at least two years uh, from here, is they're looking for more of a contactless experience, meaning I don't want a human to talk to me. I don't want a human to be near me. Well, that's not what we want, but that's what some people are saying. So these fast casuals are coming up and seeing technology out there that allows people to order from their table and they don't have to talk to a person. They can actually go on the QR code. Uh, there's a QR code on the table. They scan it, they get on, they order their food and they pay for their food. And here comes this robot on the last leg of the journey, dropping it off to them. They actually went to the restaurant, ate at their own pace, paid at their own pace and left at their own pace and then talked to a human, not one. And some people want that. And now I personally, I'm a hospitality guy. That's not what I want. I don't wanna see that as being the future overall but it is going to work in certain environments and for certain people. So having a mix of the two to me would be a great thing. In other words, I come into your restaurant and I say, you know what, I'm not interested in, and I'm going to do the self-serve mode model basically. 
and I don't need you at all. I'll take care of everything myself. If I want something, I'll order it on my phone and we're good. Um, and there'll be others that say, I want that service, bring it on. And so I think that might be the hybrid mix that mm -hmm. we'll see in the future as we continue to see this happen. But one thing I can say is I'm not expecting the restaurant industry to go back to normal at all like we used to know it before. It is changing. It's changing rapidly. COVID helped um, helped or, or almost pushed people that in an industry that they kind of move slow, to be honest, like not literally, but new technology is kind of like, let's, let's just kind of slowly get into it. It was almost like, no, if you don't do this tomorrow, you're going to be out of business in 30 days. And they, so they had to go, all right, let's just try it. And then they realized it worked. And so um, I think that some of those things are going to stay as well. So to me, technology is a big play in the, in the restaurant industry moving forward. I just think you got to manage how you do it so that it, you can kind of offer a hybrid approach for those who want it. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a lot of good insight. Is there anything I haven't asked here that you think it would be valuable for, um, you know, some restaurant owners or, or hotel execs or um, just people in hospitality space at, at large? I would say don't have the mindset that you um, don't don't predetermine what you believe is going to happen without trying it first. And all I would tell you is, is that in our world, we allow people to try our robots for two to four weeks. We charge a little, a little bit of money to do that. It's very small, minute amount. But we want you to try it because most of the people that try it have a different attitude afterwards. So when you, I'll give you a perfect example. This is real life scenario. I sell a product to the CEO because he sees the big picture, right? He then turns and tells his manager and says, hey, I know we're having staffing problems. I've actually solved it for you. I got a robot coming. And the first thing the manager says is, oh, okay. Like he hears it, but he's not sure what is that again? And then maybe sends him the website and says, go look at it. So the manager goes on, he looks at it, he sees it. And then he goes, hey, servers, I got a robot coming. It's going to help the servers. And they go, oh, you're trying to get rid of me, aren't you? And that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. And then our guys arrive on site. We do a full-blown installation, typically takes two to three days. And during that time frame, when they first walk in, sometimes it's like daggers. They're looking at you like you're here to take my job. The goal of our guys after three days is by the time they leave, they get they actually interview the people there. Like, what do you think about the robot? Blah, blah, blah. And the answer is always, I had a totally misconception about this. I'm so glad that this is here now. It really is helping me, right? Actually in my job. But oh, by the way, I'm actually starting to spend more time with my guests and get better tips too. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt, right? So that's what I would say to people is don't prejudge what you think is the case. Actually try it for yourself. And most times I'm going to bet you 95% of the time you're going to find out that it's going to actually benefit your restaurant instead of, instead of hurt your restaurant. And um, that would be my suggestion to most people, whether no matter the technology that's out there, especially at least mine, I can offer it like that. Yeah. Well, that's huge. And, and thank you so much, Jim, for coming on and sharing some more about this. Um, where can people go to learn more, to maybe get in contact with somebody, to do a trial? Sure. So we have salespeople all over the country. And uh, you can go to our website, which is uh, www.bearrobotics.ai. And, uh, and just put your uh, information in the uh, lead source and our folks will reach out to you, um, do a consultation. They'll do a Zoom presentation, kind of show you all about the robot, what it does go over all the pricing and everything that's involved. Uh, and one thing you didn't ask me that I will tell you is most people don't always cons are concerned about, well, this is great, Jim, but how much does it really cost? Mm -hmm. And the answer typically is about $2 an hour to work a 12 hour shift. 
So when you think about it, it didn't cost a whole lot of money to have a robot. So it's actually very, very affordable. And that's the best part when they finally get through the presentation and they go, wow, I didn't expect it to be that inexpensive. And it's like, it is what it is, right? So we want it to be a success. Um, it is a success and it is going to be uh, a much, uh, it's not going to cost as much as even a server would cost, even paying them $2.13 an hour, assuming you had a one-for-one -one scenario that you were, you know, that you wanted to um, uh, not use them as much for a certain shift or whatever, if you were comparing. But again, remember what I was saying earlier, it's all about the servers that are there, however many there are, four, five, six, seven, eight, having more tables, bigger stations, making more money and letting that robot do all that repetitive mundane tasks. That's the point. Mm. Yeah. I was a server for a while, about a year. And uh, I will tell you absolutely firsthand experience. I was running like a chicken with my head cut off at times trying to get food because you got to deliver the food while it's hot. And that's priority number one is get hot food to the table, no matter what's going on. So if there's um, a robot that could help at least take that off my plate, pardon the pun, that would be incredible. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully bought in. So I wish you the best of luck here. And I hope, uh, hope Bear Robotics just continues to grow and does big things. And um, iterates and innovates. And yeah, I think the, I'm really um, uh, bullish on the idea of, yeah, the room service robot for hotels. It, I mean, that, that seems like it could really increase uh, the guest experience. So um, wish you the best that, uh, wish you and all the, the team over there to just keep, keep on trucking. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.